With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When I think of Syracuse University, I think of Sherman Douglas, Derek Coleman, Lawrence Poetry and Moton, John Wallace, Carmelo, Fab Mello, and Dion Waiters. When I think of UConn, I think of Tate George, Uncle Cliffy, Danielle Marshall, Khalid El Amin, Rip Hamilton, Ray Allen, Diana Tarazi, Maya Moore, and of course, Jake Voskel. But when I think of Syracuse and UConn together, I can only think of one thing. Well, six things. Think about it. That's two universities, 295 years of higher education, five NCAA men's basketball national championships between them, 11 Final Fours. But the only thing that comes to my mind is one game and those six overtimes. This is First Ballot. Welcome to First Ballot, the podcast that celebrates the moments in sports that really matters and inducts them into the First Ballot Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Neil, the long-lost Casal brother, the podcast, Jordan Clarkson. That's it. I'm not giving any more nicknames. I don't want to. Today's episode could be sponsored by Fire Country on CBS. Fire Country. It's about firemen and they're they're good looking. I don't watch the show. I just got to say it. And you know what? (laughs) We've got a special guest today on from CBS. I want to throw him a bone, and he's got some people with him. <laughs> they they work they they work uh, you know PR for CBS. They're here. They're listening. They're making sure Nick doesn't screw anything up. And I just want Nick and all of CBS to know I'm not afraid of CBS. I'll say whatever I want. Fire Country on CBS. Check it out. <laughs> also on Paramount Plus. Oh, it's the Paramount Plus. <laughs> no, no, no. It's also available oh, in case you're oh, seeing okay. it. Oh, okay, okay. I just want to. <laughs> just everybody needs to know. It's also also well, you haven't been introduced. Could you please cut his mic? Um, <laughs> the UConn Syracuse six overtime thriller was undoubtedly a great sports moment, but is it a first ballot Hall of Famer? That's what we have to decide today. And here to do it with me is a very special guest. He's a good friend of mine. He's been on here before. It's Nick Bernstein. <laughs> no, he's the, <laughs> he's the senior vice president of late night programming West Coast at Viacom, CBS, Paramount. I don't, I don't, I did this the first time and I still don't know what it's called, what your company's called. Anyways, he oversees the Late Late Show with James Gordon. He's on the show. He's great. It's Nick Bernstein. Nicky, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me again. Can I throw one more nickname your way? Yes, sure. The poor man's Kurt Rambis. <laughs> wait, why? That sounds like an insult. Oh, wait a minute. That's a double insult. Why? 
Wait, He's, was, it's your favorite team. A is. player on your favorite part of the era of your favorite team. You True. both wear glasses. You probably had a similar game. Okay, so you're not comparing me to like um, Nick's coach Kurt Rambis or current Laker advisor and counselor Kurt Rambis. You're talking about the player Kurt Rambis. If you have to distinguish, then yes. I'm not trying to make fun of you or be mean to you currently. <laughs> Thank you so much. The poor man's Kurt Rambis. There you go. Before we get started, every guest we have to know, we have to ask. And I realize you've been on the show before. We've asked you this before, but we have to ask again. We have to table set. What's your favorite sport, your favorite team, and your favorite athlete of all time? All right. I'm changing it around a little bit. I said horse racing the first time, but that's because we're- Oh, I'm so sorry, Nick. We don't have time for that. It's time for more important, the television version. <laughs> we, Nick, you were the first guest when we ever did our first more important. Uh, we, we, <laughs> we asked you a question. Yeah. We jumped you. We buzzed you. We cut you off. We had something more important. We're doing it right now, right out of the gate. It's more important, but this time the television version. Nick, are you ready for more important, the television version? Can you just tell me before we start this, uh, are, you, are we a high school podcast now? Because that's what we do now. We talk about high school sports because I have a great one. Oh, in the 90s. Is this a comment? I'm cutting that. Is this a comment on the episode that just came out? You're, 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 that was great. It's great. I'm not making fun of them. That was, sounded like a great time. I just didn't realize that that's where you were delving into now in your first ballot Hall of Fame. Let's get straight <laughs> listen, to high school. Listen, the first ballot Hall of Fame is about attitude. It's about excellence. It's not about age or where you might choose to think is more important in terms of sports or not, Nick. This isn't about you. This is about the sporting world at large. It's, right, are we'll you ready some, for more important, the television yeah, version? Put some respect on my name. <laughs> Nick. The music's playing. The, the timer's click ticking down. Everybody gets it. Uh, what is the best reality show of all time? No such thing. Come on. Dude, there's not one reality show you like. Uh, no, that's not true. Um, Top Chef. All right. I don't. All right. Number two. What's you, Last time you were on, I asked you what was the best late night bit of all time. You said weekend update. What is number two? Triumph Dance All Comic Dog. Oh, a great answer. Also not James Corden. You're taking notes, CBS, everybody's listening. Number three, give me a Mount Rushmore of late night guests. Give me four people, a Mount Rushmore of the best late night guests of all time. Um, Bill Murray. Great answer. This is a new person, but she uh, she makes me laugh every time. Regina Hall. Great answer. Uh, Got to put Regis Philbin up there. Wow. And um, best athlete guest is Shaquille O'Neal. No Norm McDonald. That's crazy. He's dead, but whatever. Number four, you work on James Corden, but I grew up on Craig Kilborn. What's the best part of Craig Kilborn's show? Uh, it's where Rob Crabb, current executive producer of The Late Late Show with James Corden, got a start. <laughs> Cop out, cheap answer. Uh, number five, name a performance by an actor in a movie that really affected you. Can I, give you, can I give you mine? Please. Uh, do you know that movie where Hugh Jackman uh, has his kids kidnapped and he goes crazy and he's banging the drywall and Paul Dano's playing the creep and like Hugh Jackman's going to lose it on him? Do you know that movie? No. You don't know that movie? I don't know that movie. Oh, my God. Why doesn't sound like you know that movie? <laughs> How dare you? Hugh Jackman... <laughs> <laughs> Paul Dano. <laughs> prisoners. Right no, 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 no. Oh, I knew it. God. Hugh Jackman, Paul Dano, 
Prisoners, Hugh Jackman and Prisoners. You watch that. I watch that, and I go, man, I'm not that far away from kidnapping Paul Dano and smashing some drywall with a hammer in front of his face. Uh, that, that's that was that's my answer. What's your that's answer? Good. I'll, uh, all right, I'll, I'll give you one to show how vulnerable I am. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, on a plane once uh, in the time where we all had to watch the same movie, and the movie was Legally Blonde 2, and uh, Reese Witherspoon made me cry. What? I, she had no friends in Washington, <laughs> D.C. Everyone was really mean to her, and it really affected me. Are I started being, crying on the plane. Are you being serious? I'm being serious, and the worst part is everyone knew what I was watching because we were all watching right. the same thing. How it old was, are you? I'm in my late 20s, easily. <laughs> oh, my God. Easily. Wait a minute. Is it, is, it one, is it one screen at the front of the plane and everybody's watching it, or everybody's got their own headset? Yeah, no, no. It was, like, singular screens. There were wow. probably two, but it was those, like, big old, yeah. Throwback. I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. What an insane answer. What was it about the movie? She just was having trouble making friends in Washington, D.C., which is the new town that she was uh, being a lawyer in Are or you something. tipping your hand? Were you moving to a new city? Were you feeling that? Like, was it, is that the thing? You, you don't make no. friends well? No. Are you it sure? Wasn't. I'm positive. I was already <laughs> married, I'm pretty sure. That's a great answer. Uh, the last one, number six. This is more important. The television version. Here we go. The uh, Last time I asked you your top five favorite shows, I don't remember what you said. It doesn't really matter. I want you to guess my top five favorite shows. Can you name my top five favorite shows? Wow. In any uh, order. Scripted? Uh, uh, they any can day? be, but there's no, there's nothing in there scripted. <laughs> no, no, no. There's one scripted thing. Wow. Seinfeld in there? No. Letterman's in there? That's right. Letterman. David Letterman. Late Night with David Letterman. That's one. Number Saturday one. Saturday Night Live in there? Saturday Night Live is not in there. Is it? it you didn't put shows you worked on. <laughs> oh man blue bloods fire country and all the ncis <laughs> all currently airing somewhere on a cbs station near you <laughs> no none of it's none of those shows that was just a little that's a, a little another bone i'm throwing to the cbs folks you know i'm curious for you to open up and let us know what your favorite shows were uh, it's David Letterman is number one. Uh, Breaking Bad, Inside the NBA, Pardon the Interruption. No script with Marshawn Lynch. Here we go. Let's go. I knew you were going to name something of yours. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Whatever, man. Uh, Nick, let's dive into our moment. We have a lot to talk about. To decide whether uh, the Syracuse-UConn six-overtime classic goes into the first ballot Hall of Fame, we have to go through our first ballot Hall of Fame credentials. Those are the categories by which we judge our moment. The first one, as always, analytics. There's a ton of analytics to go through here. I -hmm. feel like it's probably the bulk of your argument. (sighs) This is is not going to be easy for you, Nick. I just want to be up front about that right from the gate. Here we go. Analytics. I'm going to just jump in when you feel like you want to add something or if I miss something. Syracuse was ranked 20th in the country. UConn was ranked 4th. I think that's important because Syracuse goes on to win. Quarterfinals of the Big East Tournament. Cuse was on a five-game winning streak any, entering the game. Uh, how many – this is something just very quickly before we get into the, like, the raw numbers of the actual stats of the game. How many NBA players played in this game? Of UConn starting five, four of them played in the league. Syracuse had one, Johnny Flynn. Johnny Flynn. So you can read into that's that not what you will. Uh, Andy Routens also played in the league. Oh, right. Well, he didn't start. Uh, I, I'd have to look back at the box score. I don't know. He played. You know, it's so funny. Everybody played starters minutes. It's hard to remember who actually started. Oh no, yeah, game. Andy Routens is. Off, that's no because there's a stat coming up. Andy Routens off the bench, fifty minutes off the bench. Okay. Yeah. Also, Kemba Walker off the bench. 
crazy. Uh, rookie, yeah. uh, rookie, freshman Kimball Walker. Yeah. Uh, regulations 40 minutes overtime 30 i think that's right i'm not actually not 100 percent certain the game <laughs> game runs three hours 46 minutes started on march 12 2009 finished on the 13th game ended at 122 in the morning 244 points 102 of which came in the overtimes crazy eight players followed out six had double doubles syracuse did not hold a lead in any of the first five overtimes they really should have lost the game. They should have lost in the first, and they should have lost, I believe, in the fourth. They also should have won in regulation, probably. No, okay, hold on. We're gonna get to that. Okay. Johnny Flynn's box score stood out: sixty-seven minutes, played the most of anyone. Thirty-four points on thirty-nine percent field goal percentage. He was sixteen for sixteen from the line, three boards, eleven assists, six steals, one block. Is this the best moment of Johnny Flynn's career? It has to be. Has to be. Uh, Paul Harris, crazy game, 29 and 22. But let me tell you, it wasn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> of the 22 boards, 12 defensive rebounds, 10 offensive rebounds. My money is at least on eight of those offensive rebounds being from his own misses. Uh, watching <laughs> Paul Harris play college basketball was kind of very challenging at best hmm. uh we'll get to that routens and flynn won them the game uh routens did 50 minutes off the bench six of 12 from the three-point line which was probably crazy news at the time that someone took 12 three-pointers or made six of them but that means nothing anymore nothing like you i look at that i almost didn't even catch it in the box score uh-huh who cares uh, AJ Price had 33 and 10. Again, another tough 33 to watch. Stanley Robinson, the late Stanley Robinson, had probably my favorite game of the night 28 14, 2 3 and 1 in 47 minutes. Nasty windmill, really springy. Uh, freshman Kemba, 4 of 18, 22%, five turnovers, four personal fouls in 52 minutes. Sheesh, here are the nasty ones. Syracuse missed 64 shots. UConn missed 63, 127 total missed shots, 125 total rebounds. There were 43 turnovers, 66 personal fouls. Are you gonna? Are you gonna start? <laughs> yeah, but you gotta. You gotta think. Like you're basically like giving me stats over two games. Nick. So it's hard to penalize a back-to-back here. <laughs> it's hard to penalize guys missing shots when you get into third, fourth, fifth overtime. Let, let me paint a picture of why I chose this in the first place. I can't wait. Because you know, I, we've discussed this prior, and if you haven't listened to the show, I'm not like a giant college basketball guy. Right. And I knew that <laughs> after I had already invited you to many very expensive NCAA tournament games. We had a nice time. We, we had a great time. Um, saw a lot of really great players. The the This game is not that long ago, right? We're Correct. talking about... Fi- Coming up on 14 years or so, 15 years, something That's like that. Right. My memory about this game is already apocryphal. Because when I picked yes. this game, I was like, Neil, let's pick this. I want to do I want to talk about the six overtime game. Right. It was the last Big East game, and it was the Big East championship, and it sent the Big East off into the sunset, and it was spitting because it was the two champions. None of those things are true. It wasn't the last game. There were still like three more years of the Big East with Syracuse in there. It was the quarterfinals. It was the quarterfinals. And this game has so much largesse 
in my in my mind, in the minds of anybody who's a fan of the Big East, that uh, that you almost forget when it happened over the course of the season, let alone the course of the right. the actual championship. Right. So the fact that like they had turned around and played another game the next day, next day. is unbelievable to me. And then won that game and played in the championship. Like this team and the sort of guttiness of it to me is one of the things that I think you love about sports in general. Like these are the teams, these two teams, however, whatever stats you throw out there, however <laughs> challenging it might've been to watch that game in real time, if that's what you ended up doing. Uh, this is a war of attrition and nobody wanted to lose. And that type of fight from two teams who have hated each other yeah. for decades right, on end right. and, and, and played this in Madison Square Garden, that to me like adds the, the additive. Like I already, I almost skip everything and talk about your X factors because <laughs> all the X factors lead to this being such an important part of the lore of college basketball. The 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 MSG ness of it, the Big East ness of it. I watched the entire game last night. Just hearing that MSG horn at the end of all of those overtimes, it's just, I just love MSG. I love the Big East. I love these teams. I grew up, it's all I cared about. I was a big Georgetown fan growing up, so I hated Syracuse. Same. It's, 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 that is nice. That X factor is nice. But you use the word war of attrition, the exact same phrase I have written down. When was the last time you were like, I love this? war of attrition that is not a compliment that's not something people use to be like did you see this great movie it was a war of attrition did you my the people don't use that in a complimentary way i'm not sure that that's necessarily how you're supposed to take that phrase (laughs) when it comes to basketball what's the here's the question to you What's the high water mark of this game? What's the most memorable part? What's the most valuable part of this game? That's one of our credentials. I'm jumping ahead. What's the most valuable part of this game? So the most valuable part of the game is the game. It is the game. I don't know if you can take this and uh, and divide it into the one singular specific thing that happened. I think the I think there's a couple of things. If, if I if you described exactly what you just did, but it was about boxing as mm. opposed to this basketball game, I think you would be talking about it For as sure. boxing is different. Boxing okay, is yeah, sure. di- di- boxing is like carnal and like violent, and it's like all effort. Oh, basketball in like the Big East. No. <laughs> basketball is about beautiful skill. It's about beautiful. It's about improvisation. It's about skill. And I didn't see a ton of that in this game. So I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if that's true with entirety here. I would say that when you look at the people who talk about this game that you would want to talk to about where does this rank in the annals of Mm. games? Uh, and you talk to someone like Dana O'Neill, from The Athletic, she thought it was important enough that when she wrote a book about the Big East, she wrote an entire chapter about this game. There's a 40-year history of 
excellence in college basketball True. that revolves around Georgetown, St. John's, Villanova, Syracuse, and the last one was Connecticut, who stunk it up for a decade before they figured out uh, the college basketball game and became one of the pillars of the game, arguably still are one of. The two sort of last teams standing to represent the uh, glorious days of the Big East in the 80s that you grew up on and that you watched, and I'm sure you loathe them, were these two teams in Syracuse and Connecticut. They had the coaches who'd been there for the longest stretch. They were the last men standing in Jimmy Beheim, who considers this the greatest game that Syracuse ever played. The greatest game he ever played. He's been in, what, five Final Fours. He's won a national championship. He's won any number of Big East uh, tournaments. He's played against all the greats that you all, you know, all the Hall of Famers. He coached them all. And he thinks this game with Johnny Flynn, it's a better name than you give it credit for, is the greatest (laughs) game he's ever coached and ever been involved in. There are two oral histories of this game. That were written about, which is unbelievable. Madison Square Garden itself, the pillar of basketball, the iconic home of basketball, has this as one of its greatest games in whatever that Hall of Fame is. And they have Andy Routon's jersey up in there. Do so, they really at the Garden? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. I, you Okay, so hold on. The word moment on this podcast is flexible. We can use it to discuss anything that we want, truthfully. I'm happy to take a full game. I would love it if a game was like I, mean, I would. You know, I'm sure we've I've done games before. I'm not. I'm not certain I have, but I, I'm more than willing to to take an entire game and make it the moment that we talk about. But one would think if there's a game that we're considering for the hall, and we are right now, you would think that there would be a high water mark of that game that would have real weight to it, real power visuals, uh, audio, something tied to it that really makes you go, that's what I remember. Oh, my God, I'll never forget that part of this incredible game. Well, let me throw this to you. And I'm not sure that this reflects in the same way that some of the other moments that you have talked about. And I mean, you've done your fair share of moments. You have at least what? You've done at least 12 or 13 shows by now, right? That That is like an that. insult. That's an insult, um, please. <laughs> So uh, there is something to be said for the way that the game ended before overtime. Yes. Where you get this great last shot yes. from Kemba Walker. Right. And then with a second, 1.1 seconds left, you get this pretty remarkable toss that somehow gets to Devendorf's hand. He lets it go. It looks like it's good. Everyone thinks they've won the game. And he jumps on the table. Because he doesn't wait to see whether uh, the refs have count. Oh, because the refs on the floor count it as Correct. good before Correct. they have to go and check it out, right? Correct. Yes. So he's cheering. They're all celebrating. They've done their celebration. Connecticut has already mourned the loss. And if you freeze that moment in time and then say to both those teams, oh, by the way, you this game is not over. Okay, I see what you're doing. You're sort of repositioning this because I, well, I'm moving on to the eye test, next credential, eye test. Okay. That is my eye test. Dievendorfer's buzzer, not beater. <laughs> Dievendorfer. 
uh, he, you're repositioning it because I sort of initially thought of it as if this is the high water mark of your game, where a guy did not get the shot off, well, how good can the game be if you're like, you know what the best part of the sh- the the game was when the guy didn't get the shot off? Like it, I, but you're positioning it as like this sort of a not a freak show freak show is the wrong word but you're saying this is a crazy thing that happened and that's what makes it special is that this crazy thing happened in the middle where it didn't count but they were celebrating and then they had to go back into overtime and then they going into six overtimes that's how you're re- sort of reframing this Devendorf play well yeah because it is a everybody basically had a false narrative that they had to roll back and Th- that is and interesting then, and then and then you can't really tell somebody in advance, by the way, you're also going to play one right, more full right, game right, right, right now. Right. <laughs> right now. That's good. Let's start. Let's go. That's good. And- I, I really did think when we when we picked this, first off, when you picked this, like I knew Syracuse had played a six overtime game. I didn't remember the circumstances. I definitely didn't remember it was in the Big East tournament. Um, I assumed Jerry McNamara was involved, and I think he, he was an assistant. Uh no, I think he pl- – oh, no, it was just some other white guy on Syracuse, right? Ouch. They're, this, they're all the same. De- you're right, Devendorf. That's Devendorf. Devendorf is same probably – Same dude. Devendorf is fucking – what's his name? Uh, uh, Jerry McNamara. I-, I thought – I really thought once we started getting into it, once I looked at the circumstances, I thought the reason Nick picked this is because he's going to tell me – because I've never examined this game. I've seen highlights, but I've never examined it. As I'm watching Devendorf's shot, I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is what it is. Nick is going to make a very lucid, very clear, a very strong argument that Devendorf did get the shot off, but he did not. There's not there's nothing to debate. It's clearly after the buzzer. You're reframing it as a weird thing that happened. I appreciate that. It's a it's the cagey decision. It's your only chance of getting this thing in currently. Um, I look at it and go, um, Devendorf is the top of the mountain. I don't understand. I don't know how high is that mountain then? If if the biggest play is this shot that didn't count. Yeah. I don't think that it's, I I, I don't frame it that way. I also think that there is something to be said for uh, your framing as uh, a better version of the game is if you are going back and forth and the team uh, and the teams are just trading baskets, which is, undoubtedly a blast and fun to watch when that happens. <laughs> um, the team that keeps fighting back and continues to yeah. get, stay in the game and not give up that, that fight and not acquiesce, especially because these teams hate each other. Yeah. They hate each other. They hate each other. And to not be able to put them away. So the other thing that's kind of interesting about Connecticut at that point um, which I only uh, read about recently, the seniors on that team, and that team was, a, as you said, a top five team and had been for years. Yeah. They had never won a game in the Big East tournament. Is that the true? The Big East, isn't that crazy? That's crazy. The Big East tournament uh, existed in that uh, in that way where if you were a top seed, then you had like, you, uh, you've already advanced to the quarters, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you had those by days and so they were always a top seed but they had lost in the quarters for three years in a row that's crazy and so 
they they not only like they wanted to beat Syracuse, but they wanted to win the Big right, East. Right. Like they really wanted that. And so that type of fight and not being able to put them away uh, with the team, you know, that arguably undoubtedly was better. This is a final. This is a final four team. Yes. Uh, the like that there's something to be said for uh, having these rivals play in one of the all-time great games uh, that really sort of enhances the type of game it was, regardless mm. of how beautiful right. or yeah. difficult to watch yeah. after the fact it might have been. Because I don't think that you can go back and, like, you can't watch that game now and or any game, really, and be like, man, that was awesome. When it was six overtimes and you're staying up until past one in the morning yeah. watching that game. You're doing a really great. You're. It's obvious to me. You're very smart. You're. <laughs> you're. You're putting everything in just the like. You're turn. You know what I mean? It's like you're setting the scene, the shot perfectly. You're like just turning the the the, the you know the, the 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 vase. You're turning the scratches away from the camera lens. Like you're doing everything you can to hide the weaknesses and to accentuate the positives. I appreciate it. You're doing a great job. Uh, 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 Onuaku. These are my other uh, eye test things that I spotted as I'm watching the game. Again, I watched the full goddamn thing. Onuaku, big, big, uh, one of the bigs for Syracuse, center. I wrote uh, his, watching his post moves, I honestly thought he moved. There's one in particular. I'll see if I can find it. Uh, it looked like he was a Chuck E. Cheese animatronic. Like <laughs> everything was so like herky jerky and he'd like move and it'd like bounce and like recoil a little bit. And then the, the shot would go up and everything's like clicking and you know, it's like a machine. It was just Johnny Flynn had this beautiful drive. Perfect. He slips by the defender, beautiful two foot jump stop right in the heart of the lane. And then the shot goes so far off that I literally Googled what hand is, 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 is Johnny Flynn left-handed? Like, does he write with his left hand? Why did that shot go so far off? Maybe he's not supposed to be shooting with his right hand. There were just so many plays, so many moments of just ruinous basketball. When I'll admit this, I am very much into the aesthetics of things. And I, it was just tough for me to watch this at times. Uh, AJ Price for UConn, he had the best game by far. He had the best statistical game for UConn. And then in the big moments, he's taking two, he's two feet out from the NBA three-point line, shooting the ball with over five seconds left. Like, it just is like, what are you doing? It's it, You mean you had notes when they were in their 50th and 60th minutes of the game oh, trying to Yes, win? I did. Yes, you I did. You were going to be on there yelling? This, this. This get, you know what? We're moving on to the next credential. It's you mad. Uh, Rob, play my camera on clip here. You mad, you mad, you mad. Thank you. Is there anybody mad at this? Yes, I'm mad, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> this game, I think, is the perfect illustration exposing the differences between me and you. This game is a wedge that will forever keep us apart. There is a highlight reel of this game on YouTube, and it's got the Remember the Titans score on it. And it's not that I love that movie. It's That's not like a big deal to me. But also, how dare you put the Remember the Titans score on this game? I'm an NBA guy. I like uh -huh. the NBA and you're going to say it's not fair to compare an NCAA game to an NBA game, but that's exactly my point. Why am I settling for a college game? 
Even I, if it's long. What if it was 12 over? I mean, it'd have to get to 12 for me to care. <laughs> you were saying if only this game lasted another six overtimes, yes. then you'd really be into it. I just don't understand. I just don't understand. There is a point. I'm going to get to this as well here. Let's let's uh, I'm going to jump back the ear test. Uh, Nick, what did you hear in this moment? Uh, you know, the, you know how this show mm-hmm. works. Uh, I want to play some calls. Here is um, right out of the gate. We're going to go to Devendorf shot. That's Sean McDonough, Jay Billis and the legendary legendary Bill Raftery. We're going to get to uh, we're going to come back to the point I was about to make. We're going to listen to these calls now. Here's Devendorf shot. Habib did make contact with Flynn. It's an errant pass. Devendorf at the buzzer. Oh! Good! Good! They will check it. But if it stands, it's another Syracuse buzzer beater to beat Connecticut. Woo! Onions. Onions. Great, great call from Sean McDonough. Uh, Bill Raftery there adds onions, which is 100% a reference to... <laughs> The to you fortitude. Know. Let's say fortitude. I mean, I don't even understand. He can just say that on television, whatever. Uh, uh, great it call, though. Mor- it was, it was like, uh, I guess it wasn't one in the morning yet. I guess it was about 11 30 at night, correct? Not yet, midnight. Yeah. I appreciate how hard they go. I don't care at all if an announcer is wrong. Go big every time, get me excited. I don't care if it's wrong. It, it makes you being wrong more exciting that I'm so high and then I have to come down. Always go big, Sean McDonough. I appreciate it. Here's the call at the end of double overtime. Hang on. Before you jump to yeah. that, let's just remember, you got Sean McDonough, Syracuse alum, Is Bill Raftery. Yeah. I former coach. That. Former coach uh, in the Big East. Yes. Wait, Seton who Hall, did he coach? I think. I think it was Seton Hall. Bill Raftery coach. I'm just saying those things out loud. I'm not typing them into. No, because you do your research. In <laughs> LaSalle. No, no, that was. A that was a college, but that wasn't the Big East. School. Oh, that may have been where he went to college. Oh, yeah, Seton Hall. You're right, Seton Hall. Yeah, Seton Hall, the Hall. By the way, uh, okay, sorry, you have other clips to play, or can yes, I? Just, no, no, wanna... no, no, no. Well, do you have something Devendorf related that you want to talk about? Uh, no. Okay, let's hear the second overtime. This is this is the end of second overtime. Let's listen to call Sean McDonald. Flynn from deep. No. Four seconds to go. Ahead it goes to Walker for the win off the back rim. Wow. We have seen a lot. This is as good as I've been involved in. What do you think? I think you're nuts, Bill Raftery. (laughs) Do you know what happened during that overtime? That was the second one you said, right? That's correct. Uh, So the Big East Commissioner. Do you know the story already? No. Mike Trangese, I think is the way you pronounce his name. So he'd been the Big East commissioner. He was the second ever Big East commissioner uh, after the founder, Gavitt. And uh, he had already announced, he announced that he was retiring. And he sent a little note to the the announced team. And it said, this game is my gift to you. Uh-huh. And, uh, and he was all ready for this game to wrap. Even after the second overtime, because unbeknownst to him, his wife was throwing him a retirement party that night. Unreal. Is that true? That's true. And she had to keep calling the restaurant to say, can you please stay open? Can you please stay open? Because this game was going oh so long. Oh, my God. Where did you hear the story? I read it in the Dan O'Neill Big East book. Look at that. Dan O'Neill really coming through on this episode so far. That's fantastic. Um, no, I I was supposed to do all the research for this. Didn't read the book. 
Uh, didn't know that story. That's amazing. That's a great story. That's the type of thing that I like. Now we're getting somewhere. That's a great yeah. story. I loved it. I loved it. It was um, the other thing that's really cool. Uh, and I'm pretty, this part is a little apocryphal also for me, but uh, the Big East games on radio were almost always called by John Thompson. And right. so I don't know if that was the case here. However, I listened to this game on the radio. I wasn't watching what the it. Hell? What the hell? Well, maybe yeah. that's the reason why you like it so much, Nick. You didn't have to watch the dudes missing all these shots. Well, I mean, basketball, I don't know if you, do you want, do you ever listen to basketball on the radio? No, Nick, I'm not. Come how on. old are you? I'm as old as you. <laughs> how, how old were you when that's this played? Why, why God's green earth, did you watch this on the radio? Were you in the car? I was in the car. Oh. I was in the car. And I was listening to this game with like hands on the wheel. Uh, that, see, ripping. that's a very unique experience. That's like a very old fashioned thing. You're like, literally, it's like you're listening to War of the Worlds on the radio. You're like, oh my God, what's going on? You're like trying to imagine it. That's a lovely story. It ain't going to add to the moment on my on my side, but that I can understand why that's even more special for you. Well, at, at least uh, through the beginning of, uh, the overtimes I did make, I got home in time to watch the end of the game, which is also ridiculous. Cause I was like an hour away from, <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. from my house <laughs> at the time, not realizing that this game was going to be as epic as it was right. and just getting texts yeah. on my flip phone probably at the time. Cause it was 2009, <laughs> uh, from people that are like, Oh my God, it didn't count. Oh my God. Uh, I can't believe it's going into another overtime. I'm like, what is happening here? Uh, and it is like one of the great, like, driving 90 on the yeah. freeway home to try and make sure that we get to the end of this game. See, that's fun. See, I was already, I was thinking like you were on a road trip or something. So I'm like thinking you're not stopping. So you need something to keep you up. And then what better thing than this long game that's like keeping you up and keeping you really engaged. I was thinking that's exciting. It might be even better to think I'm trying, oh, please go longer so that I can get home and watch the finish. That's even more fun. That's a lovely I experience. Also, yeah, it was really fun, but you might be um, uh, slightly dismissing the uh, importance internally, uh, and nationally, but internally also of the Big East tournament. Like, you know, it seems like uh, places don't care as much. It doesn't matter as much if you win your conference tournament because right. the big thing yes. is is the NCAA tournament. And you can say that about football in college or football in high school, I assume. I don't know how that works. You know better than me. Um, and um, and these teams, uh, they want to own New York. Right. And yes. And the opportunity uh, to play in Madison Square Garden is one of the main reasons why so many kids still go to the schools yep. that are Big East schools. Yep. And the idea that you could you could have one of those moments right. in that space. Right. And I'm sure you'll have, if you haven't already, you do have some already of like very important moments that feel more important strictly because they're at MSG. Yes. Yes. And this really does feel like one of those things. You're, you're saying a lot of old uh, guy stuff. You're going the big East. Don't, you don't understand. You're like going the people listening. You have to remember how big the big East was. And you're saying things like MSG. I'm not certain, like just for fair warning, I'm not certain a lot of young people care about any of these things anymore. I think that was definitely true about 
going to play in MSG. But I think like a lot of high school kids are going to play in MSG way before they get to college anymore. And by the by, they all have 50,000 followers on their social media handles or more, and they don't need to go to MSG to be seen. They, they're like, you know what I mean? I, I think it's th- that's that stuff, that like legacy stuff. And by the by, it shows uh, – pretty damn clearly with the Knicks nobody wants to it doesn't I don't think it matters anymore that's an old guy thing I respect it because I'm old as well so I get what you're saying I just want to temper the reaction there the the reason I played those clips you're hearing it a little bit I'm going to play the other two and then I'm going to get back to this there's a reason why I'm playing this and I think it's going to help you I'm trying to throw you a bone here hold on listen let's listen to the end of the fourth overtime Routens has help. Flynn underneath. Harrison close. Missed again. Harris one more time. No! A nightmare for Paul Harris at the rim tonight. Sean McDonald is going so hard. Paul, uh, that Paul Harris missed five straight shots at the rim in two possessions. Three in a row, and again, it was he's getting offensive rebounds of his own missed shots, and then missing again, and then two there at the horn to send it to a fifth overtime, just, I mean, Paul Harris, that could be Paul Harris's best game in the high water mark of his career. And for me, I'm like, good God almighty, Paul Harris. Uh, And you also, uh, Jim Beheim called it uh, the worst game he's ever played. Is that true? Uh, He said in the uh, press conference, something crazy, like, uh, you know how Beheim is where he's like the lovely curmudgeon, but he, uh, he he said like Paul Harris couldn't have played any worse, and yet still was like so important, especially towards the end when he did sure. eventually get in that uh, one of those final shots. Here's the end of the fifth overtime, last part of the ear test, fifth overtime call. Price went on him. Price from very deep, off the mark, in the corner. Adrian, no. Overtime number six coming up from New York City. I think you hear it there clearest, both from McDonough and Bill Raftery. At a certain point, like with extra innings in baseball, at a certain point you start cheering for the thing to go as long as possible. Do you agree with that? Regardless of who wins, like for me, particularly as a guy, I didn't go to Syracuse. I don't care about Syracuse. I didn't go to UConn. I don't care about UConn. For me, if I were watching this live – and I think you can hear it in the, the voices of those two. They just want it to keep going. It just it's the, the fact that it's going long is is what makes it interesting. And yeah, well, I, I would I would uh, I might phrase it a little bit differently. Please, uh, it's not that they uh, don't want the game to end, but it's a shame for any team to lose at that point. And so, right, the, there is going to be an absolute devastation win because someone has to end up the victor here, right. which is. Still, again, one of the reasons why this game is so much fun is because someone has to win. Someone did eventually win this game. And it was, uh, once again, like the who who's going to be the last one standing here? You're going to get your bench guys in. You're going to have someone that plays 67 minutes uh, who still has enough uh, left in the tank to take it to the rim and actually finish shots. You have... Maybe you're going to get there also, but when you finally get to that six overtime, and even though that game isn't, it's not a last second shot to win the game, when you finally get uh, a team that can uh, get a little distance, because they're hitting threes, 60 something minutes into the game, that is also really exciting. 
Nick, we got to move on. The next credential is the comment section. A new, a new credential. It's a working title. The comment section. I went and looked at the top comment. <laughs> top comment where? On YouTube. That's a, a full game. Top comment. I, I, uh, I've seen this as I've researched and watching stuff on the phone. The top comments right there. I thought I've seen some funny ones, and I'll be like, "Yo, that'll be a fun segment for at some point." The top comment on this full game was a guy that wrote, they broke up the Big East because of football, and we lost the most fun, competitive, awesome basketball conference ever. Rest in peace, Big East basketball. Now, that's not funny, but I, it is probably true, right? They reorganized yeah. for football, and then there goes basketball. Uh, that's That was the reason. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I mean, that it's is the power of football. Um, and and, and I, I want to back you up. I think there are a lot of people that, if you're not of a certain age, you don't remember how monumental, how important Big East basketball was um, to, to the entire sports world. It was amazing. Th- that's not the comment I want to talk about. The comment is from Chris Maxwell. Somebody named Chris Maxwell, YouTube comment, full game. He wrote this comment two years ago. So this is what, 2021? Two years okay. ago he wrote this. Here's his comment. In my opinion, if you watch this game in its entirety – You'd understand why Johnny Flynn went ahead of Steph Curry in the 09 draft. Now, Nick, there, <laughs> there were three replies to this comment. And I thought, oh, this, this is where I get my comment for comment section. I'm going to go to the, to the replies to that comment. And it's going to be dude just laying waste to Chris Maxwell because that <laughs> is absurd. I go into the replies and it's dudes agreeing with him. This insanity. <laughs> um, They're going, he, oh, it's a shame that injury. Nick, you, Johnny Flynn's career did not work out the way it was supposed to. He's the, he is used as a proxy to explain how Steph Curry didn't get what he deserved in terms of the draft. You agree with that, correct? That wait, that I agree with which thing that that Johnny Flynn didn't have a great career. It, he was a I don't like to use the term bust, but he was he was a bust. It didn't work out for him. This was the best game of his career. 60 minutes, 30 odd points, 16 for 16 from the line. That's his best. And and you should be sticking that in the hat, by the way, in terms of, of, of my judgment. This is the top of the mountain for Johnny Flynn. He didn't work out that there's no world on on. There's no world ever where. Johnny Flynn should have ever been drafted ahead of Steph Curry. No, the no, look, the only thing that uh, you can say about Johnny Flynn's career is that uh, he broke his hip, and for some reason, the Minnesota Timberwolves, led by Kurt Rambis, forced him back like <laughs> six months later, and uh, he wasn't healthy yet, and like never re- fully recovered. And I don't think that would happen uh, now, but I don't think there's any world in which um, he is. Uh, he he should have ever gone before Steph Curry or would ever be in the same league as Steph Curry. How did how did Johnny Flynn break his hip? Uh, I'd have to look it back up. I'm not I sure. I don't know either. So, um, I know right. it was. Uh, I I read about it because you know every once in a while, like again, every five years, ten years, the stories about this game come back up, and then I'm like, what happened to Johnny Flynn? Where did he go? I know he played in Australia for a little while. Right. Someone did a, an interview with him, and then you read about him because he seemed like a good person. Yes. There's no like. Uh, you know, like he, he, I wish he'd had a more successful career, but I hope he's happy here. Oh, I forgot another new credential. Where are they now? <laughs> oh no. Can I oh, run no. through what, what happened to some of these guys in this game? I sure. want to get your thoughts on them. Dare Eric Devendorf went on to lead the New Zealand basketball league in scoring twice, six years apart. 
That's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, he's serious. I think that's pretty good. You know what? I, the, yeah. You know what I realized as, um, as I went and did the research for this segment is if you play at a uh, big time college basketball school, you're almost certainly gonna play overseas somewhere. All, all of these dudes went and played overseas. Johnny Flynn played two years for the Timberwolves, one in Houston, almost one for Portland. Finished his career in the Australian and Italian leagues. Also played for the Sichuan Blue Whales in China. Great team name there. <laughs> Onuaku played professional ball up until five years ago. He is Syracuse all-time leader in field goal percentage at almost 65%. That's good. Wow. That year, by the way, he shot 30% from the free throw line. But he sank two free throws in that game yeah. in order to send it to that first overtime. Keep going. Sorry. Uh, Andy Routens had that one promising year for the next year, right? Uh, played in Turkey. And still plays. He just he just wrapped up. He played one last season in AEK Athens a year ago. Uh, he also, oh, yeah. for a time, was the assistant GM for the Ottawa Blackjacks of the Canadian Basketball League. Great name, Ottawa Blackjacks. That's a good point. That feels like you'd have a jersey. It's a, it's a there are a lot of great names in here. Let's keep going. Paul Harris played in the D League, the Philippines, France, Turkey, Italy. Uh, last played in the Philippines in 2021. Paul Harris. In the Philippines for the Phoenix Super LPG Fuel Masters. I mean, great come name. on. Rick, great name. Rick Jackson played for the Coco Drios de Caracas in the Venezuelan League. He come played on. in the in Kosovo and Uruguay. Get that money. Jeff Adrian finished his career in the Israeli League. Hashim Thabit plays for the Shinchu JKO Lioneers in Taiwan. Does he still play? Uh, he now plays for the Sichuan Blue Whales in China. Hey. There you go. Um, Kemba, the top of the ladder here, uh, yeah. won the NCAA title, final foremost uh, outstanding player, four-time All-Star, made the All-NBA third team in 2019. That was pretty recent. Uh, and was released by the Mavs a week ago. Shame. Um, Gavin Edwards plays in Korea, the Ukraine, Greece, Kuala Lumpur. Are there professional leagues in Kuala Lumpur? Shit, why not? I'm learning, I'm learning a lot right now, too. His longest stint with the current team uh, in Japan, Chiba Jets Funabashi. Great name. Uh, Donnell Beverly, here's the last one. He played four minutes in this game for UConn. Do you, do you remember Donnell Beverly? I don't remember him, don't. No. Played four minutes in this game, had one offensive rebound, one personal foul. He is the president of Russell Westbrook Enterprises and was an EP on the dock on Showtime. They were high school teammates in L.A. How about that? That's great. I like that doc. Where are they now? A, f- a super f- uh, successful. Where are they now? Segment. It feels like you could have made up some of those things. No, no, they're all real. And it, yeah. No, you know what? It's you did do some research, and I apologize for my earlier statement. <laughs> the next credentials are test of time. Let's compare this moment against other moments like it in history. Are there any other great long games? Sure. There's an even longer game. 1981, Cincinnati Bearcats beat the Bradley Braves 75 to 73 in seven. Overtimes, Nick. Pre-shot clock? Pre-shot clock. So they are um, just holding the ball. And many of these overtimes are just holding the ball. Someone's scoring, and then they're like, wait, hold the ball and only shoot once before. before uh, uh don't yeah. give them another shot so that that is that did extend it but let me tell you if we're using some of the freak showness of this game and the can you believe the devendorf thing was supposed to go and then it didn't go then doesn't this uh, uh cincinnati um bradley braves game isn't that more of a freak show doesn't that have more of a reason to go in how many long know, games it, am i putting in the hall it's not isn't well if, if long was the only credential i don't think we would be 
sitting here having this lovely conversation that I'm sure people are hanging on to every word of. But I, uh, I think it, you gotta you gotta keep the teams and the and who's playing and what they're playing, where they're playing, and uh, what they're playing for as uh, part of this as well. So I don't know contextually if there's another game. I couldn't think of one that uh, that was similar, not from a length standpoint necessarily, uh, but both a length and an importance standpoint. Uh, the next credential burning questions. Any questions here that I need answers to that could help put this in the in the first Bell Hall of Fame? You weren't a student at this time. You are you were old. You're old. older than this. You were already you've already graduated from Syracuse at this time. I yeah, many years removed. You weren't at the game. You've already told us that. Yes. I don't understand why this game is good. You got. I don't understand why this game is good. It's long, but the new Avatar is three minutes and ten, three hours and ten minutes. Nick, I'm not putting the new Avatar in the goddamn. For spinning any sort of Hall of Fame, it's just I, long. I, I don't get it. All right, uh, what's the story behind the mascot? Like, there's, like, like, there's nothing like Syracuse, Connecticut, going to the Garden. The arena had something to do with it. The proximity with the fans had something to do with it. It was nationally televised. It was between the two best programs in the last twenty years in the Big East, and it felt develops into that game. That's not a coincidence. I didn't say that. Jim Calhoun said that. <laughs> oh, did he? <laughs> the six overtime game is the best game. <laughs> People say, well, it's not an NCAA tournament game, but I don't look at it like that. It was the best game I've ever been a part of. I just look at it as a game. That's Jim Beheim saying that. These are great. These are all Jim Beheim uh, quotes. Jim Beheim, I have a couple of Jim Beheim things I want to play. The press conference, next credential press conference, any great quotes? Yeah, Jim Beheim's got one. Let's listen to it. Would have been a lot better if they just counted Eric Schott and we could have gone home two hours ago. But. Uh... <laughs> That's good. I like that. I that like that. Fun. I like a little joke there. And also, he sounds like he's going to throw himself off a bridge. I appreciate how <laughs> he is there in that moment. Uh, no, he did say, uh, told the press, I've got no words. Uh, I've never been prouder of any team I've coached. That is insane. There's Why? no way he means that. They won a title. How you're I'm telling me he's like, I'm more proud of you for winning this long game than I am of the team that won the title. I, I'm a little surprised that you're dismissing the fight that that uh, that these guys who all love to play, all want to win. Nobody knows. Nobody wants to win more than you <laughs> in anything. <laughs> the idea that you aren't enjoying, if you're having a terrible game and you're still out there trying to get that ball in the basket against guys who hate you i i think i think it's uh it would for me it would be most manifested if i uh if uh, you know you were just commenting on the high school game to me i watch that kid make that play and i go the ball seals over his head if you haven't listened to it we're talking about um kyler ronquillo's strip six he that ball goes sailing over his head. He makes a beeline for the defender because he's like, Oh my god, this game's gonna be over. He's gonna intercept it. I have to do something. And then the ball pops out of the kid's hand and he snatches it and he runs away. It 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 was the how his desire to win manifested itself in some sort of excellence. And I don't see that here. It's a ton of missed shots at the end of overtimes to send it to the next one. Yeah, I don't don't think it's fair to have watched the game so far after the fact and not in the moment. And that's try fair. To appreciate it in the same. That's in the fair. Same that's fair. But wouldn't it hold up? Wouldn't it hold up? I, 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 and everyone needs to know. I and if you haven't heard me say this before, 
I am preternaturally uh, lean away from college basketball. I just think it's all children. I don't. I I compare it to uh, watching student films. Why would I watch a student film when I can go watch the new Avatar? <laughs> That's right. Why would you watch the new Avatar when you could watch a two-month-old high school football championship game? Oh my game God, you're so nasty. <laughs> I watched that whole game too. Uh, next credential, Twitter fingers. Any great tweets about this? I there are a ton of people saying. I mean, to your point, early. There are so many. It is early. There are a lot of people talking about in the moment how great of a game it is. It's like, oh, my God, this game, six overtimes. Like, it's a lot of people. And then there are t- – people tweet about this game all the time. All the time. I mean, there's a ton of recent tweets about – and I guess a lot of it was, like, pandemic stuff when, like, you know, what, what there's no sports, so let's let's run something. Uh, channels running the six-overtime game, and everybody's going, this is the best game I've ever seen. Someone was tweeted, uh, 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 what's your favorite sports game ever? I'll go first, the six-overtime game. between." And I'm just – I don't – I don't get it. I just don't get it. Anyways, the tweet I want to reference, Drew Ruiz, 90. Uh, Drew Ruiz, very funny. Uh, he, someone tweeted, Cam Carter tweeted, 2020 been kicking my ass. And Drew Ruiz retweeted and said, 2020 feels like that UConn-Syracuse six-overtime game. That's a, <laughs> the, and, and, and by the way, 2020, uh, nobody's complimenting 2020. You're not like – it's just a slog. It's a war of attrition. Uh, it, it's, uh, this is, this is going to have a, a, a long time to uh, – this is going to have a, a tough road to hoe here, Nick. This is, this, is, this is tough. This is tough. All right. We, we already did more important, Nick – I actually, more important starting with Nick. I just wanted to cut him off. <laughs> yeah, you did it very well. <laughs> I did it already today. The first time we did it, I asked you about the summer camp that you help out with every year. I do think it says a lot about you that you volunteer every summer. CBS is listening. Let's make you look good here, Nick. So I want to ask you now, tell me a little bit about the summer camp that you run. Tell us all about it. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Why I'm not you, telling you anything. Why, Nick, please. This is telling. we're recording live. Why not why, why don't you tell me what it's been like? Oh, I'm so sorry, Nick. We don't have time for that. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's time for more important part two. <laughs> <laughs> what I was gonna do to you. I was gonna ask you about Gerald Henderson and then play a clip of the rock saying it doesn't matter what you think. And I decided not to. Because I'm too nice a person for that. <laughs> Nick, we're doing it again. More important. Uh, <laughs> Nick, the answer, the, these questions are all way more important than anything you've been saying all episode long. Your answer to these questions will define who you are as a man. Here we go. <laughs> what is your favorite snack chip in the snack chip space? Um, cool Ranch Doritos. Oh, they're so good. That's a great answer. They're so delicious. Favorite sports nickname for an athlete, uh, I think Johnny Flynn deserves to be wait, up there with. The wait, rest what's of his them. name? <laughs> he doesn't have a nickname. He oh, just has a beautiful name, and it works out great. Likes that Johnny. Flynn. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I I always thought that Chad Ochocinco was cool. It's it, it, it that is very good. It's both funny and it's cool. I love uh, using Spanish, and I, I you know using it wrong is also very funny. Uh, <laughs> great answer. Who is your favorite Laker? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's Kobe. Yeah, great answer. Uh, what, do you have a favorite pass? You're a basketball fan. Do you have a favorite pass, basketball? God, uh, there's a pass that I feel like I sent to you over and over again. It was, um, 
It was D'Angelo Russell and uh, when he was on Ohio State. College, yes. I know the pl- – yes, yes, yes. And he has this, like – I'm sure yes. you'll find it. Yeah, I, I know But that's exactly the pass that I just about. had to rewind and find over and over again. Yes. Although also recency bias, that last Jokic pass where he just somehow, like, wrapped it around uh, someone to – like, someone was cutting – I don't know how he saw the person. Yeah. And how – how he timed that one, but like I'm always surprised by uh, by that one. Jokic is special. He's not a three time MVP, but he is special. Um, what Nick? What did you get in trouble for in high school and college? All college kids are stupid. You, I've said that a million times. The, the, the kids that played in this game were stupid. They miss shots all the time. It's terrible. College kids don't know anything. What did you get? What stupid thing did you do? High school and college that got you into some hot water. CBS. Yeah, this is gonna. This is not gonna come as a surprise to you. Uh, I never got in trouble. <laughs> I'm not that type of person. Square ass nerd. That's it. <laughs> That's more important part two, Nick. Oh man, you did great. You did great on both more importants. Those were fun. I've decided yet if I'm going to edit it to have you just start answer uh, to make it seem like you started answering my <laughs> question. You do what it's your show. You do what you want. <laughs> uh, Nick, the the next credential is the cosign. It's to you. This is your closing statement. The question is obviously: Does the six overtime classic? between Syracuse and UConn belong in the first ballot hall of fame and why this is your close. I, we, I've heard you, I've heard you lay out the argument. This is your closing ar- argument. You got to swing something here. So uh, I told you already that I was uh, in the car driving uh, while this game was on and starting to get uh, some uh, texts from people and uh, and I was listening to the game and as excited as I possibly could be uh, with this great radio broadcast uh, with these two teams going back and forth. And I told my wife, do you remember when we went and we had to like uh, we had we had leased a car? We were leasing a car that night. And do you remember? I remember that night so clearly because it was this six overtime game between Syracuse and Connecticut. And my wife goes, well, you probably should remember that night because it's the night we decided uh, what we were going to name our second child. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God, <laughs> this game has to be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and it's so important in my memory that it actually is the first thing I thought of about that day. Oh, that's very funny. Uh, also, maybe terrible father. I don't know. It's a real, it's a, yeah, that's some real soul switching after that moment. That's amazing. Uh, Nick, it's time for the induction speech. That's when me and Neil, I get to decide whether this thing's going to the first battle hall of fame. I got a lot to consider. There's a lot to consider. You're right. There are some interesting angles here. The one that moves me the most is referring to this as sort of a setting this up as a tribute to the Big East because all I cared about as a kid was Georgetown. Those, I, Charles Smith was like the first basketball player that I like really love. I mean, maybe two behind Magic Johnson, but it was like Charles Smith was right there. And then Iverson comes in and Victor Page and Heidi White and Othella Harrington. I love those Georgetown teams. I hated Syracuse, Lawrence Moton. And I mean, I th- those Kerry Kittles, all those, those Big East teams were a blast. They were a lot of fun to watch. Um, Jason Williams for, for St. John's, I remember. Malik Seeley, all those dudes. They're great times. I appreciate that this could be set up as a tribute to the Big East. I think this moment is going to help to define the first battle hall of fame. I've always said the moment has to be 
has to live at that intersection between sort of supreme athleticism or, or execution and entertainment. There has to be a level of excellence. You can, ha- you can have a moment be so excellent that it gets in. I think Kobe's 62 and three quarters was just pure excellence. I look at that game and I go, what's like the one play I remember? I don't, I can't really think of much. But to me, 62 points in three quarters combined with Kobe being a maniac, moments in the hall. But it was close. It was close. On the entertainment side, as we know, a lot of a lot of entertaining moments. If something's very funny, if it's insane, if a, if a tiny little coach is holding on to a dude's leg, I might put it in. If if a manager puts a mustache on there in the middle of a game and, and and comes back to the field even though he's been kicked out, I might put it in. You can be so entertaining that I'll leave this thing in. Is there some freak show quality to this moment? For sure, six overtimes, super long. I can't stop thinking about the new Avatar movie, how long it is. No one cares about that Avatar movie. I don't care about the new Avatar movie. Yes, Dievendorf, it looked like it was going to go in a couple... Yes, the Big East is awesome. That's an amazing story about the the birthday and extending the thing. There's a lot of positivity here. There's a lot of great stuff. This is clearly a classic game. I'm referring to it as a classic. But today, it is not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Woo! <laughs> Nick, how do you feel? I just wanted to reiterate that uh, <laughs> new episodes of Fire Country <laughs> will be airing, I believe, at 9 o'clock at night Eastern Time on Fridays. <laughs> and also CBS is one of the homes of the NCAA tournament. So I don't know when this is going to come out, but come March Set your channels to CBS. Nick, I, I want to be clear about something. If a moment is being considered for the first ballot Hall of Fame, it's a great moment. Just because it's not a first ballot Hall of Fame doesn't mean it's not great. It's great. The toughest part of this show is by far asking people to come and spend an hour with me for nothing, I might add. <laughs> <laughs> and then having to tell them if I don't like the moment enough, having to tell them it's not going to work out. I want you to know, I appreciate if this was, I'm glad that I know about this game. It is fun. I feel like as a basketball fan, I'm in a better position to talk basketball and appreciate basketball because I have watched this game and studied it. It's just, I just can't find it in me to like, think it's actually a good game. It's just long. Um, <laughs> You know, the funny thing is, uh, I thought this one was going to get in, and I didn't think that the first time I was on that you were going to put in the uh, the rich strike moment, which honestly, even eight months later, however much longer it is, the uh, their jockey, the jockey for rich yeah, strike, yeah. that guy's a dickhead. He tried to punch another jockey while he was on a Holy horse shit. riding in a race. Are we pulling yeah. him? Should I, should I yank it out of there, or is rich strike? You might have to rescind that one. You might have to just uh, <laughs> uh, take a look at it again. I, was just, I might be the guy who comes on. And uh, and fight for something, and then realizes later that I was fighting for the wrong moment. Problematic. Uh, no, I I like you taking uh, big swings every time you come on the show. That'll be your thing. You got to find another like big thing where you're like Neil's going to hate this, but I got to try and convince him. And that's what you did with Rich Strike. You, can, I mean, listen, I liked Rich Strike, but you giving you knowing so much about horse racing and giving the context, I thought it was great. While we're talking about old episodes, Nick. Any inductions that I've made recently or, or refusals uh, that you disagree with, you're gonna you're gonna say I the actually, high school I, feel, I, uh, I I thought that moment deserved to be, and it was a really fun. I, I've you know what I uh, I I don't remember the name of the 
uh, person from um, who who did the high school uh, game with you, not Ronquillo, but per- the Pranav uh, Ayer. Yeah, yeah. But uh, his story was great. Yes. Um, and uh, and the way he talked about high school football uh, made me feel bad for even making fun of you for wanting to put high school football in there. <laughs> um, uh, no, I didn't have any real issues with uh, with your hall moments and what you've put in recently. I think you've done a pretty decent job. Thank so you. listen, I I uh, I'm humbled, yeah. but I take <laughs> uh, I I I have pride, much like Connecticut, in the fact that I was in the match for as long as it was, and uh, I might not be happy now, but I'll look back in five or ten years and realize that this was a classic. I- <laughs> I can't decide what helps define the hall more, the things that I put in or the things that I purposely leave out. Either way, I need to, I always feel like I need to say no more to make the things that are in more special. This was a great moment for me to say no to because I feel like I'm standing on firm ground and saying, just this game's just long. Go watch it. Someone go watch it right now and 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 DM me and tell me exactly why I'm wrong. I I beg you. You're not going to be able to do it. It's not going to happen. The game's just long. You need a time machine to go back to the moment. This is the problem. But this is a faulty situation. I under, you're, you, Here's the problem. You're, we're going back into this. You're so heavily influenced by your very lovely, specific, imagine, it must have been a very imaginative experience listening to this game and trying to race home to see it finish. That must have been a blast. That must have been a blast. Yeah, I wish you could have been there. I'm sure I, I wish I was too. It would have been a lot of fun. Me and you watching college basketball games together has historically been lots of fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That'll be the next time. Yeah. I should have known better than to try to put a college basketball moment in your hall of fame. No, I want you to try next time. I want you to get one. Take a big swing. Every time you have on, we're going to have you back on very soon. Nick, what can you plug? How can people follow you? Pretty, I've plugged a lot of things already. <laughs> I guess <laughs> you watch the neighborhood at eight o'clock at night. On Mondays, uh, please watch the Lily Show with James Corden. We're entering our final few months of shows. Yeah, when is the, when is the last show? Blast. I don't think we've announced yet, but uh, we'll be oh, going through the spring. Got it. Can I, I, CBS might send an email about not being able to use that. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I haven't said anything wrong. I also don't know when you're going to air this. So, um, so yeah, we have, we've said how many shows we have left, but it'll be uh, – we're, we're certainly running through April. Got it. Uh, thanks, Nick, for being on the show. I really appreciate it. it was a, I had a great time, as always, and it's a great moment. It's just not for Spell Hall of Famer. It's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Nick, for being on the show. Absolutely. That's it. That's the show. My thanks to Nick Bernstein for coming back on, the official college basketball fan of the First Ballot Podcast Universe, Nick Bernstein. We recorded this a few weeks ago. I can't tell you how many times this guy has called me to harass me about not putting in his moment and uh he's like keep watching high school football games neil he's he's harassing me about putting carmelo's tweet into the hall of fame and not putting one of the quote greatest basketball games in college history college sports history climb off my ass bernstein jesus it's not in no i appreciate you caring nick thank you so much for coming on i'm certain he'll come back on and pitch another long shot old long shot bernstein he got a racehorse into the hall on his first attempt. Rich Strike just missed on the 6-0-T game. You welcome back anytime, Nick. Credits. Robert Rucci edits. Jessica Singh produces Rhythm J on the beats. 
Jorge Narano on guitar. Please rate and review the show. Consider subscribing or telling a friend. I'd really appreciate that. It would greatly help us. The show keeps growing. We're all we got. Come back next week for more First Ballot. Oh, yes.